to your mother It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season To see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese It's Philadelphia, Bow and Shield in the cut Kicking it cooler than two penguins Till Bo's old arch nemesis Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real Pull up a branch and chill It's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends the early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Bo Wolf and are coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings. Birds Zach Berman. Zach, how are you? Probably how Mike Grove felt when he was going to that first press conference and all the questions <laughs> were about how great a coordinator Frank Reich was. Uh, that is as buttering up as you could possibly get. No, I, I look forward to talking about the Eagles, too. But, uh... <laughs> okay, this is the wrong <laughs> podcast for you. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome. To Birds with Friends on Monday evening, Bo Wolf here, Zach Berman there, Sheila Kapadia there, and we have uh, the opening of free agency to get to. The Eagles making a big move, signing Javon Hargrave just minutes before we started recording, so we will unpack that. We haven't talked about that yet. Uh, they saw Byron Jones get signed by the Miami Dolphins. They brought back Hassan Ridgeway and a bunch of other uh, tangentially related moves that we will touch on, but I think we should at least start by just asking how everybody's doing, how are, how are your lives, and uh, how weird is it to be thinking about free agency right now? Shio? Oh, me. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, I welcome the distraction. You know, we recorded a Birds with Friends last week, and many listeners uh, responded and said that they enjoyed having a distraction, something else to uh, think about. So I thought that was uh, nice to hear from you. It's nice for me to have something to uh, write about, something to occupy my mind as I am in my home. I know not everyone would feel that way. Some uh, might not want to hear anything about it, but I did feel like, you know, my job probably is affected the least of like anybody in America by uh, what's happening. I mean, I'm in the same spot as I would be otherwise. The only difference was uh, some chaos today with sort of the whole, uh, you know, the, the kids home and, uh, you know, bedtime and balancing things. But other than that, uh, I enjoy I enjoy free agency as a distraction. Yeah, I thought I thought she put it well. I, I mean, uh, relative to what's going on in the world, you know, I, I, I don't want to come on here and sound like chipper and giddy. I, I mean, I, I think that would be a little tone deaf. But uh, certainly from a professional perspective, it, it was a busy day. It was it was a day. Uh, it was almost like a throwback day. You, you know, there were, there was a lot going on. Um, I I don't want to use the term distraction, but it it was in a in a sense a, a distraction from what was happening elsewhere in the world. And and how am I doing? You know, I'm uh, I'm obviously cognizant of 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 what's happening, but uh, happy to be on the podcast right now. I've never uh, had to worry about being described as chipper or giddy. Mm, I, I will know, say. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I would say that um, entering today, I uh, had absolutely no interest in like thinking about free agency at all. And I still think it's a little bit weird. Uh, and I probably don't agree with the decision to go forward with free agency. And I think it's, uh, you know, the whole. Like, and w- the whole, and the why whole... not? Well, let, let me just. I'll just Let's get to no. Javon Hargrave. Let's let get to the important say, stuff. Well, no, I'm, listen, kidding. No, I'm kidding. No, uh, I'm kidding. No, I don't. Yeah, I want to hear this. And I still find like the the whole thing like incredibly dissonant. Like my Twitter feed of like, oh, uh, Graham Glasgow signed, and then uh, you know, uh, COVID nineteen cases are uh, you know doubling again as they always are, and uh, we're not going to have room in hospitals. So it's like uh, it's a little bit weird. But I will say selfishly that. 
like this was probably the the least anxious I have felt in uh, a week and a half because I had something else to think about. So uh, hopefully we can provide that service for uh, for our listeners. The Twitter feed is weird. There, there's no getting around that. <laughs> there's no getting around that. We had uh, you guys have all, all have kids home, I presume. We mm-hmm. had uh, Casey and I had circle time this morning with uh, with Paddington Bear and Lion and Snail and uh, uh, Monster. And uh, so we had Daddy Daycare in the morning and then uh, then got got to the business of uh, seeing where, you know, I don't know. Who's the random jabroni who signed today? Austin Hooper signed. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Well, how, how was your how was how was your how was your work uh, like uh, childcare balance at home today? Yeah, that was the wrinkle. I mean, that, I mean that was the adjustment relative to what. And it, you have it, taken on boldly. I have to, if you don't mind me saying, Zach, you guys have have boldly taken on an extra uh, variable into your into your home life this week. Yeah, we're 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 potty training our our son while we do this, so uh, it it, it makes bold. it makes it an adventure. We we figured we're home or he's home. That's and, smart. Uh, yeah, way yeah, to be efficient. So, well, so yeah, it was. I think um, you're gonna have some more more time at home. Over the next <laughs> yeah, weeks. that is true. But no, it's it's uh it 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 definitely is is different from free agency's past. But uh, you know when when you're texting and calling and 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 typing and tweeting that part's the same oh okay we can get to uh we can get to the news but the last thing i want to say is that uh we want to we want to do something i think everybody sort of feels helpless and we want to do some kind of uh call out to listeners who uh have the means at this point uh to uh, have some kind of you know fundraising for some charity but we don't really know what the best thing to point people towards is uh so we would we would love some suggestions if that's possible i think in my mind i'm thinking like fill abundance or something like that but but uh i'm happy to be told that there's something that could uh somewhere that could that could better use our our support so let us know if you have any ideas uh okay so let's let's talk javon hargrave we haven't talked this over this was not a guy who was on our radar uh, but the Eagles, well, Zach, why don't you break us to break the deal down for us? Yeah. So the, so the deal is Javon Hargrave to the Eagles, uh, three year, $39 million deal, 26 million fully guaranteed, uh, 13 per year. This, this, this comes from Drew Rosenhaus's agent. Um, and it's, it's believed to be the, 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 the biggest contract highest paid nose tackle in the NFL. Of course, the Eagles don't traditionally use a nose tackle, so you know you probably put them in the defensive tackle category, and it and it, and it looks different. But it, it's a sizable investment. Um, I I know Shio and 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 Bo can 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 kind of can get into the player breakdown, but some of the profile stuff. Twenty seven years old, uh, a, a former third round pick has, has been a starter the past four years with the Steelers at nose tackle. Um, has been a productive player, and and I'll defer to Shield here. Shield had him as the number fifteen uh, free agent on his big board. Yeah, when I was put it, you know, I, I'm not going to uh, profess to you know having studied Hargrave's film uh, through throughout the years or anything like that. He is somebody I noticed 
when watching the Steelers, but then just as I was putting together my list of top free agents, you know, you look at different things like age, durability, position, all those different types of things. Now, I think we discussed on this podcast that there in this class, there are a lot of run stuffing nose tackles available. I mean, if, if you needed just a, a guy to play defensive tackle on first and second down, stop the run, do a really good job at it, you know, e- even younger guys in their prime, there were a lot of those guys. What stood out with Hargrave was that he had some more pass rush juice than really all of the, all of those other guys. And so uh, he's only missed one game since entering the league in 2016. He's had 10 and a half sacks the past two seasons, which you say that's not an eye-popping number, but uh, if you kind of consider the Steelers scheme, the position he's playing, uh, the different defensive tackles that were available, that is a pretty good number. Uh, He had 52 tackles against the run last year. That was 12th among all defensive linemen. And so uh, I think he's a good player. Uh, You know, I'm not, I don't think this is somebody who's going to come in and he's going to stink and you're going to say, you know, this guy's disappearing. I think he's somebody that fans will like. I I think he'll be active. I think it'll be fun to watch him next to Fletcher Cox. So that's kind of one side of the conversation. And then the other part that I'm sure we'll get to is, uh, you know, I'm not, I, should, I really shouldn't use the word resources, should I? But, you know, that, that is that is kind of the other side of this is you look at the roster, you look at the needs, you look who they currently have, you look the direction they're going at in a, in a few different positions and is this the guy who you wanted to kind of go out and uh, aggressively target, even if it wasn't plan A? And, you know, Byron Jones goes to Miami, so maybe this was plan B. But is this kind of the guy you wanted on the, uh, near the top of the list in terms of building your roster? I think that's a conversation we got to get into to really break down what we think of the move. I, uh, it pains me to say this, but I think I really like the move. Mm-hmm. Um, he is young. He is durable. Uh, he is a good player. Uh, he was on my radar in the fall as a as a potential trade target for the Eagles before the Steelers went on their run, uh, and so I had done a little bit of homework on him then. I just didn't think that I, I, I uh, wrongly I had the blind spot that I didn't think the Eagles would look at this position uh, at the very top of the market in free agency, uh, but it makes sense. And if you look at the players at the top of the market who were available, uh, like who are the players who – are going to be worth a lot of money. You're going to pay as really good players who still have a chance to potentially outperform their contract. He is probably one of the few guys who would fit under that category. Uh, I think, you know, Amari Cooper is there, but he's going to make a lot more money and there's much more competition. I think Byron Jones is not going to be outperforming his contract. We know that uh, we'll get to James Bradbury. He signed. So, you know, plan B at, at cornerback probably is gone. If you want to talk yourself into Corey Littleton, maybe, but I think, Hargrave uh, is probably a better bet, and we know the Eagles don't, uh, you know, value linebacker that much. And I don't, uh, I don't know that I agree with that. Okay. I mean, they're they're not like getting him on the cheap. They're not getting. That's yeah, that's true. This is thirteen million dollars for a guy who you're not sure uh, how much he's going to bring to your pass rush. I mean, he could. There's upside there. He could, but you don't, you don't know that. Well, you know, yeah, I'm not, uh, I mean, yeah. listen, I'm not saying it's a. I'm not saying it's a. He's a Pro Bowl. <laughs> you already got your Hargrave jersey, huh? Would um, you go on uh, EaglesProShop.com or whatever it's called and order it already? Yeah. What number is he wearing? Well, listen, uh, they did uh, sign a guy <laughs> in the midst of a global pandemic whose Pro Football Reference nickname is Gravedigger, so they had uh, they had something going on. Um, I I he he theoretically, you know, we have been saying. We have been complaining. Uh, where is Fletcher Cox? Where is Fletcher Cox's impact? 
theoretically, at least, this uh, frees Fletcher Cox up a little bit more next year. I will say the one thing that I already do not like, if somebody and if somebody uh, offers this analysis, I'm going to be very upset, is uh, this now allows Malik Jackson to play on the outside. Get that garbanzo beans business out of here, please. But uh, I, I like it. And if you look towards the draft, like the reason that part of the reason I like uh, the idea of, of overpaying for Amari Cooper is that it, it frees you up to not have to take a wide receiver early in the draft. And we've talked about they have so many long-term uh, positions, uh, long-term needs to fill in the draft and only so many picks. Defensive tackle now is not quite as pressing uh, a position that they, they need to take in the first three rounds. So it works there. I don't know. I, I, uh, I like the move. It's a it's yeah, so, a young potentially ascending player who doesn't have an injury history and is a position that we know they value. Yeah, so so jumping off of that, I I thought going into the offseason uh, that 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 defensive tackle uh, was a major long term need, and I I frankly thought it was going to be addressed in the first three rounds of the draft um, because they have Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson for next season. Uh, now we know they prioritize defensive tackle. Um, this, or I should say defensive line, but also defensive tackle. Uh, my understanding on Hargrave is, is that we shouldn't be viewing him as a nose tackle, that he's been a productive pass rusher, uh, was a very productive pass rusher at South Carolina State. Obviously, that's, that's not a, a major conference school, um, but, but when, you know, in, uh, when he played for the Steelers, from, from, from my understanding, is that he was best in, in kind of nickel situations uh, when he lined up against guards. So uh, so I I look at it like at the, the player itself, the investment, fits the organizational philosophy, certainly the age. I do agree with what Bo said in terms of a player who can potentially outperform his contract. I also agree with what Shield said, that when you look at, at, at how you're investing the money you had in free agency and you still have – these holes. So the the picture's incomplete. I want to see what they do at cornerback. I, I think they can wait for the draft at wide receiver. I, I don't think that would be a, a bad strategy. They still need to add a uh, a a linebacker. Obviously, when we did our thing that appeared Monday of, of questions, and we asked what what would constitute a good free agency, what would constitute kind of a bad free agency. I said a bad free agency would be missing out on Jones and then overpaying for an aging defensive tackle. This isn't an, an, an aging one. This is a guy who's going to be a starter here, um, certainly beyond this season, I would imagine. So uh, so I like it in, in that regard, but I need to see kind of what the rest of the plan is. And there is an answer. There is a, a good answer to the uh, question you have to ask as to why the team is – uh, letting him hit the open market, and that's because the Steelers are like one of the very few cash-strapped teams. You guys are—I feel like you're—you guys are painting way too rosy of a picture of this, and I, I have to play. I don't like it. I'm not happy. I was—I am very like okay. ready to be aggressive okay. tonight, and I—I I feel uh, disappointed that I cannot be. So we'll get to the Hayden Hurst trade in a little bit. I said I'm reserving okay. judgment. Yeah, okay, like, so I—I so, I, I need to see what else they're doing. Okay, so well, let me be that. devil's advocate. Devil's advocate here on a number on a number of things. Okay, so uh, in terms of his pass rush, uh, four sacks last year, but that's a little fluky. He had six quarterback hits in sixteen games okay. last year. 
Okay, so that tells you that the sack number is a little bit fluky. This wasn't a guy who was getting after the quarterback on like this very consistent basis. By the way, that Steelers defense is very good, very well coached. I mean, in pass rush situations, you're playing with T.J. Watt, uh, Bud Dupree. You know, so they they're they've been among the league leaders in sacks pretty much. Uh, I think each of the past three years. So that's a very good front. They've had good coverages. They've been a good defense. That's not going to be the same here. I hate the argument that you have to pay a guy $13 million so that you can unlock Fletcher Cox. Yeah, What's totally the point fair. of Fletcher Cox if you have to do that? You should be able to line up uh, yeah, Bo, Wolf, Bo Wolf next to Fletcher Cox, <laughs> and talking. Fletcher Cox should be impacting games every week. So, by the way, just last year, you brought in a guy who you told me was going to unlock Fletcher Cox. I know he was injured, but that guy is still on the roster. Who's you? And that's Malik Malik Jackson. I don't know. Uh, I said that. I, I, the, uh, I said the, that. The, the I, I will stand by that. And, and, so, and I still stand by And that's why I'm curious about the fit here and the rotation. So I'm, I'm waiting to see that. Okay. So you have now, you have $17 million player a year in, uh, in uh, $17 million a year player in Fletcher Cox. You have a ten million dollar a year player in Malik Jackson. That's twenty seven, and now you have a thirteen million dollar a year player in Javon Hargrave. Yeah, forty million, forty million dollars. And, and and your best defensive end is best when he rushes from the interior. <laughs> we should add that as well. That is a that is a very good point. Yeah. And totally with you, Bo, on the Malik Jackson has the versatility to play defensive end. In the Eagles 4-3, listen, if Malik if, if there's a storyline next year that Malik Jackson is having su- success as an edge rusher in the Eagles 4-3, I'll throw that Pastaficio's Jason Peters uh, bet back on and buy you guys like uh we'll, like we'll buy, like Hoagies. We'll, we'll buy every listener of <laughs> Yeah. No, he he is an interior pass rusher in the Eagles 4-3 scheme. I mean, all right, I agree. Th- three snaps a game, you throw him out there, see what happens, fine. This is not going to do anything. By the way, why would you want to do that? Right. You have Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett, who are better players than Malik Jackson. So uh, I feel like I even had more to say than that. But that's kind of where... Are we okay. sure? Oh, no, wait, are I do we, have more. Sure Hold on. Are that Malik Jackson is on the roster? No. Yes. Well, yes. Uh, yes, yeah. you are. Really? Yeah, he, he he's he's eating up a sizable portion of the salary cap. Is so it, yes. But is it uh is it like a possible uh like with with new league rules like post June 1 designation thing or no? Oh. That's something uh, I think we would probably have to look into. into. Yeah. I would need to look yeah. into that. I mean, it does not make sense to to me to keep all th- all three of these guys. Now, that being said, uh Defensive tackle has, has has been a weakness of this team the past two seasons, and in particular, the lack of depth has hurt them the past two seasons. Uh, so maybe they're they're kind of skeptical of Jackson coming off this injury, or maybe they they want to have a true defensive tackle rotation, and they haven't had that, and and they view Hargrave as a as a much better version of Tim Jernigan. So what? Is, okay, I would. Are, I would. The cap says, go ahead. And I don't know. I don't know if it is updated. Uh, I presume that it is, but if it's updated with the new uh, league structure, is if they designate a post-June 1st uh, designation for his cut, then they only have $3.6 million in dead money. And they actually save a little okay. bit under a million dollars. And they get right, so out maybe, of the yeah. $13 million that he's going to make next year, which I guess <laughs> that's, a, that's a fake year anyway. But um, 
And then I guess that is probably that's offset by whatever contract he signs elsewhere. So that's I, I don't know. I'm not so sure that Malik Jackson's on the team. Boy, what a run that would be if he's gone. Uh, I mean, really, yeah, wow. that would be so the wrong. most memorable part of his Eagles tenure will be uh, the, the tattoo that he has that we can discuss at a live event sometime. All right, I I, I don't I'm even know sure. what you're talking yeah, about. I'm not so, sure yeah. that one either. <laughs> I mean, my lasting memory would definitely be uh, Z Berm's love yeah. for him. If he <laughs> if, if if he is if this is it and that's all we got from him, then that would definitely be my. Because really, I mean, he would have he's had no presence in my life other than this podcast and Bo yell and Bo, uh, you know, giving Zach Ripping a hard time. The, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So I would say a couple more things that I thought of playing the devil's advocate role. One is, uh, could they like last year, I would say was the floor in terms of who you're pairing with Fletcher Cox. Would you agree with that? Like it would be hard to find a rotation that would be much worse than that, given the guy to call in the injuries. So even given that, where do you think this team ranked against the run in DVOA? Were they eighth? They were fourth. Yeah, I mean, they were fourth against the run. They're good against they're the run every this, oh, year. Yeah. I, don't I don't think don't, they're they're viewing this as a move to improve yeah, their running defense. I, I, yeah, I think okay. This is well, the then it's defense. a big question mark. The guy had six quarterback hits last year. Oh yeah, that's fair. And you're paying him thirteen million dollars. That's where you're projecting. And, yeah, and, well, and that, you just told, and you just reminded me that Brandon Graham can swing inside and uh, and give you an interior pass rush. Or were you talking about Vinnie Curry? No, Brandon Graham, <laughs> yeah, right? We're talking about Brandon Graham. <laughs> okay. Yes. And he, okay, and here's one. And here's one last thing. By mm-hmm. the way, again, I like the player. The, you know, I don't even know. I don't know what my grade's going to be on this bad boy. I got to write it after we talk it through. But I felt like it was a little bit too rosy. And whenever someone gets signed, sure. you know, everyone tweets out, "Oh, baby, you know, Fletcher Cox and Hargrave. They're going to give offensive lines nightmares." Uh, What's that? The very worst take I've ever seen in any. Realm of anything today after the Hayden Hurst trade, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, So my other thing is this. Uh, You know, there were times last year where uh, we said, ah, you know, the pass rush isn't getting home and that's playing a factor in this bad pass defense. But, you know, it did seem as the season went on, it was just like, man, there's nothing they can do. If the coverage is this bad, it doesn't matter. They can't, you know, they can't cover anybody for two seconds. The ball's coming out, and they're giving up thirty-yard completions. Well, you know, that's the number one problem to solve on the defense. And I know you have to have different plans in free agency, and you can't get everybody you wanted. But this, this does not, uh, this does not solve that problem. So you are right, uh, Zach. I agree with you. We need to see what else they do how they solve the cornerback problem. But, you know, I, I I don't like being one of those people who says, oh, you got to wait three years to grade a draft. No, I'm, geez, I'm we, not you know? saying that. So, no, I'm, saying- I'm not saying you. No, 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 I'm not saying you. But I'm just saying, like, so we're going to talk about it as it is now and reserve the right to potentially uh, change our opinions depending on what yeah, else I mean, they, they are. Do. But that's why I'm I'm saying let's let's look at the player as opposed to we don't know what the plan is yet. Like, like we'll have enough time to evaluate the overall plan when we see the different pieces. Right now, I, I I think in the in the minutes and the hour after, it's look at the player. Did they add a good player? And then you you figure out from there how will you deploy? Him. I mean, would you rather have you know Javon Hargrave and um, I call it Kevin Johnson or Byron Jones? 
probably Byron Jones. Yeah, I, I mean, but I'm I'm more bullish on Byron Jones than. By the way, know. well, the, well, let's get into the Byron yeah, Jones Byron thing. Jones. So, get, give me, yeah, give me your uh, read on how interested you now believe the Eagles were. What happened there? Well, All it those came down things. to the Eagles and the Raiders. <laughs> it came down to the Eagles and the Raiders. What is this? This feels like something I'm missing. That was what the reports all day long. Okay, down to the Eagles and the Raiders. Look, I mean, I, I uh, <laughs> yeah, that that was a report that was out there. Um, so he he goes to Dolph, uh, to the Dolphins. Adam Schefter's reporting five years, eighty two point five million, uh, fifty seven million guaranteed, and. And this is, I, I think, the key number for for Eagles fans to watch: forty million in the first two years, um, which which shows you that because I mean, this is a team that's flush with 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 cap space. They're able to kind of front load a deal. Raiders and uh, signing Marcus Mariota. Who Raiders, are like, okay? And that would ostensibly take them out of the Tom Brady sweepstakes. And Case Keenum signed with the Browns, so a couple yeah. Uh, yeah. backup quarterback yeah, I, I options off the board. Is, 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 is your number two headed into camp? And, and maybe Josh McCown, yeah. Um, that's that sounds smart. So, uh, so in in the in the in the case of of Byron Jones, and and to plug a piece, Bo and I throughout the day kind of recapped, or I, I shouldn't say recapped, did analysis on all the moves and how they related to the Eagles. And what I said in in my Byron Jones reaction was, you know, I I do think, or all the, all the reports suggest, all the intel we have suggests that uh, he was expected to be their top target. Uh, but in in free agency, often the highest bidder wins. And when you see a deal that's structured like that, a team that has so much cap space, uh, if they want to outbid you, they can outbid you. They can be more creative and how they structure the deal and so i i gotta think that it was too rich for the eagles blood with the way it was structured do you guys disagree uh i i do feel like i disagree a little bit i mean you know you can you can guarantee whatever amount that the dolphins guaranteed Mm -hmm. uh you can certainly pay a little bit more if you wanted to you know he got 16 and a half million which is little bit under what I thought he was going to get. Like, like they didn't break the yeah. bank for Byron Jones. I mean, the highest paid corners in the league going into this free agency period were making $16 million per year. Uh, most people thought that given that, uh, you know, Byron Jones is entering the free agent market, like he's a player who I, I think probably under a lot of circumstances would not be entering the open market. He was this time. And given the you know bump in the salary cap from previous years, all those different types of things, I think a lot of people thought 17 million a year, maybe a little bit more. And so uh, this didn't strike me as a situation where the Dolphins like blew Byron Jones out of the water. Like if the Eagles were going into this thinking they were going to get him for under 16 and a half million dollars, then they probably would have been crazy. So, um, you know, I, I hear what you're saying with sort of the way they structured it, but I don't know. Eagles are pretty good at that stuff. You can give the same amount of guarantees. Like I said, you can, uh, you can give him a little bit of pay, but I keep seeing all this stuff about Florida and it's like not having an income tax (laughs) was a big deal. Like this didn't just happen. Like that didn't just happen yesterday. Like that's That's always been the case. That's the case in every sport, in every negotiation. Florida does not have an income tax. You know, like yes, the Eagles have still. 
Yeah, neither does Vegas. The Eagles have still been able to sign players. Philadelphia sports teams have still been able to sign players, even given that huge obstacle that they face. So I don't get that part uh, at all. So I don't know. I don't know if they... Famously. Well, well, yeah, that's true. But uh, So I don't know if they weren't as interested. I don't know if he just, you know, maybe, maybe Miami could have been, that could have been very attractive to him. You know, who's to... Who's to say? But uh, I, I don't buy sort of the reasoning that I've heard so far. None of those have made sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I think they just got they got outbid. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Which is what yeah. I said. I yeah, they got outbid. That I think that if if the Dolphins, you know, that the the Dolphins can beat you to whatever dollar amount you're willing to go. If they and got they, outbid, sure. then I say they weren't that interested. This is not like a C.J. Mosley outbid yeah, last year, that. you know. I agree with that too. So yeah, I think their okay. I think their level of like all Byron Jones or nothing interest it was probably misstated. But I think I, I think we sort of always said that no. Yeah, that it wasn't all or nothing. But you know, I I don't think it like I, I don't think they were uninterested. I don't think it was just a that they were a team used as a bargaining chip. I I got to imagine there was legitimate yeah, interest. I there. think that's probably right. And and they probably had a, had a number they they weren't willing to uh, either exceed or that they couldn't exceed. I I mean I I know the cap's flexible, but but when a team has what what twice as much cap space as you, caps, you know. Yeah. So, but if if a team has twice as much cap space as 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 you, they're able to kind of jump in, and and so. Uh, I, I did see something. I think it was Mike Garofalo, but um, I apologize if it wasn't. There, there's obviously been a lot of information today that the that the Raiders and the Dolphins had 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 really strong offers in, but it was the structure of the Dolphins' offer that uh, that kind of made it appealing. And and when you see in the report forty million in the first two years, I I, I do think. That's not an insignificant part of it. Big day for the Dolphins. Byron Jones wasn't even the best player they got today. Got the big Shaq Aristotle. Uh, Shaq Lawson. Oh, okay. And they got I, Kyle I, Van Noy. Yeah. And uh, very annoying. Yeah, they got Kyle. But yeah, they're they're loading up. I think they're in win now mode. Okay. Shaq <laughs> Lawson, of course, another uh, you know hashtag AFC East cannibalism going. Inside the division, I, I have a big question. I'll be the judge mm-hmm. of that. I said I have a big question, so you can't be the judge of that. I didn't say it was a good question. I said it was saying, a big I question. Can judge whether it's a big question. That would be me, co co creator of the podcast. So if I say it's a big question, it's a big question. Uh, why? How or, much does Javon weigh? Were the were the Eagles in on DeAndre Hopkins, and if not, why well, not? That's the, that is a very big question. That's a great I'm, question. I mean, 27 years old, elite wide receiver, one of the best in the NFL. Great competitiveness, toughness, lines up on the outside. Didn't take a lot to get him. Well, the, the $10 million a year running back, right? <laughs> <laughs> my, my guess is that, uh, you know, the like six good general managers in the league all saw that deal and were like, what the hell? Like, please... I wish you had given us a call, you know, butt chin, because we would have beaten that deal for an elite player. 
But I think that Bill O'Brien is so uh, myopically concussion uncle that he, like, David Johnson is a big deal to him. He really wanted David Johnson. I really think that that was a part of it. Hmm. Well, it's, it reminded me, to Bo's point there, it reminded me when Porzingis was traded and, and and you had all those stories that came out, like all these GMs were like infuriated that the Knicks right. didn't even like 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 bother calling them, that they just they just agreed to the first deal that came no their way. way. So right. yeah, so uh, so so Peter King, uh, Bo's best friend, in the Monday morning <laughs> in the Monday morning in the Monday morning quarterback today said like 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 don't be surprised if if DeAndre Hopkins is 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 is, uh-huh. is moved. That's a name. That, that's that a you're real hearing. report. That and, is not like, oh, I'm I'm hearing a big deal could be coming. <laughs> no, so when 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 Peter King reported that, it's it's uh it's like, oh, that's that's interesting. That that's really the first I kind of heard of that. And then like four hours later, five hours later, it's like David Johnson's traded, and then wait, well, he's traded for for DeAndre Hopkins in a second round pick. Um, so that that. Uh, that really well. I've been watching. Me. I've been watching NFL Network this afternoon, and they keep saying that uh, you know Tom Pelissero had had like caught wind of this exact deal at the combine. Like this, th- these guys just locked up this deal at the combine, and like Bill Bill O'Brien was like, eh, "Yeah, I'm pretty good with that. I don't even. I don't even need to look for an upgrade." Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So uh, obviously, you know, Bo's buddy there. That column gets read by everybody, and so. If you are a interested, if you are a team in desperate need of a wide receiver, you you know, so one of your minions gets you that this morning, even if you had no idea about it, and you call right away, and you make them, you know, tell you what's the offer that's going to get it done. Listen, maybe they did all this, uh, and uh, Bo, you, you could be right that I mean, Bill O'Brien is not operating like a rational person in many of these moves. So well, he doesn't have time to watch tape of the other teams in the league. So he still thinks that David Johnson is David Johnson from three years ago. Well, he would literally you guys, doesn't have time. Would you guys do number 21 for him? For Hopkins? Uh, With the assumption that you're going to have to sign him up to a, a, a major contract. That you're I probably, would. He's, 20, he's 27. Yeah, I would. Bo? Uh, I think I probably. How could you not? I, I, would, too. Not? I, I would too. Hopkins is fantastic. He's awesome. I think I probably would. And he's 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 honestly like he's the perfect bog player. He's he's the he's the kind of guy that Doug wants. He doesn't even want a guy who's going to be up. He, wants, he wants a guy who who likes to be covered. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Point. So a good so. Point. It, it, I mean, if you're a GM, you you need to be calling Bill O'Brien every day and just like throwing yeah, stuff I, by him. You got to be like, like, Bill, tell me what you want, and then you just give whatever his first offer is. You take it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these quarterback needy teams should be calling about Deshaun Watson. Yeah, just just well, yeah, see. But, I mean, listen, you never know. Uh, so, and I made the we the Eagles should be uh, furious at the Falcons because uh, they're giving up a second round pick for Hayden Hurst, like. Come, come get Dallas Goddard for a first-round pick if that's the market. A hundred percent, two twos, a first. Yeah, yeah. why weren't they calling about that? I don't know. Yeah. These people, listen. There could be some very uh, valid explanations to yeah, this, and we will ask about them, and we will, 
and we will hear about them. But yeah, I thought the same thing. A second round pick for Hayden Hurst. Hey, what, what will you give me for Dallas Goddard? Really? Now, uh-huh. from an Eagles perspective on the Hopkins deal, um, the uh, so this this takes the Arizona Cardinals likely out of the market for a first round wide receiver. They were a team you you thought would be a, a candidate to take, whether it was it was Judy or Lamb, maybe even Ruggs. Um, it takes them out. It could potentially push a, a, a wide receiver down. You saw the Colts trade today. Uh, they traded their first-round pick. That was a team that was a possibility for a first-round wide receiver. The Niners get in there, so uh, maybe this is set. They could. They could also trade back. Um, that that's not a report that was made that they're going to want some more draft inventory in the middle rounds. Um, so maybe this is setting up for uh, the Eagles to potentially get a wide receiver in the teens this year. Just just something to look out for. That's fair. I still don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's. A, I still don't think there's any chance that any of the three gets to twenty one. But if they're gonna, if they're looking for a short move up, then yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, in conjunction with the Byron Jones deal, James Bradbury also goes to the Giants, who also uh, franchise tagged Leonard Williams hysterically. So uh, that's unbelievable. Have, that is the worst move. You think My that was God. the worst move of the day of all the moves? Well, they, you know that might be a column that I might have to write, but that that I think that has to be. I mean, zero point five sacks. It can't be worse. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think it could be. All right, it's just money. They're not Hurst giving up just, a second round pick. Hurst was, yeah, but Hurst was just in the wrong scheme. <laughs> the tweet it says it says the tweet is and and I like the guy. It's Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl, and he, he tweeted a nice thing about the uh, the scout star and Alan Walking, so I don't want to crush him. Oh, very but, nice. But uh, it's the worst take I've ever seen. It's – it's it's. Uh... Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, geez. you got to have him on if you're going to call him <laughs> out like that. <laughs> That's fine. All right, next, ep- next episode. But he says that uh, it's a good deal because uh, if Hayden Hurst was in the draft, he would be the first tight end selected, and that – uh, he was hidden in the Ravens unfriend like the this the scheme was unfriendly to him. First of all, Hayden Hurst is 26 now. He is older than Austin Hooper. If he was in the draft and he was the first tight end drafted, every general manager should be fired. That's insane. And like if we're just saying like uh, okay, let's put uh, Rob Gronkowski in the draft, he'd be the first one taken too. Uh, he has been incredibly unproductive. In an offense that uses tight ends more than any other offense in the league. Jeez, I think just you know, kind of what's going on. Both just letting it. Both just letting it rip, man. No. <laughs> this is where it's it's a good thing we have loyal listeners because they understand why we're devoting so much attention to the Hayden Hurst trade. He's well, some old. of them might. Yeah. Some of them might not. Yeah. I wish I were. If I, I wish I were twenty six years old. Yeah, that'd be nice, but you know, it's a long time ago, my friend. He's so. How about the job that the Ravens are doing this off season, though? I, I mean, this is. Like... I, I don't like that Michael that Michael Brocker signing was not a good signing. What was that? But the ten million uh, ten million dollars for a run stuffing nose. Pulled, they pulled a great long move with Hayden Hurst though, because uh, famously they selected Hayden Hurst, a 
uh, geriatric <laughs> tight end in the first round before taking before Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. And then giving up a second round pick to the Eagles to go up and get Lamar Jackson. But now they've gotten that second round pick back. So maybe yeah. they knew what they were doing all along. But they turn they turn two fifth round picks in the in the Marcus Peters and 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 Calais Campbell. And then uh look, I, I mean Michael Brockers, I, I think for the short term, it it makes their defensive line better. Like they're they're gonna be a, a just a really tough defense. You add with that off. I I I really like that 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 roster overall. I'm surprised you're you're anti Ravens here, Shield. That's it's like you're in the building. I I'm I I did not like the Brocker signing. I I liked the Campbell signing, although again I thought there was a little bit too much cheerleading for that bad boy, uh, given sort of what he costs and his age. There, like it was a move I would have done. I don't think it was a home run move. Uh, Marcus Peters, I feel like everywhere, you know, you got to see how Marcus Peters is in like year two and three. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's had some good starts and the Brockers move. I I did. The the thing you need to know about Marcus Peters is that he is the kind of guy uh, locker room wise that even Andy Reid wanted out. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's true. That's a good point. I mean, that is saying something. So, and uh, I don't like spending on uh, on defensive linemen who can't rush the passer. Michael Brockers can't rush the passer. Fair enough. You can find somebody else to fill that role. So this conversation started with with Bradbury. Um, <laughs> okay. and, uh, I, You're right. I forgot. Yeah. Thank you for hosting. Look, I. I yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's fine. I, I like Jones more than Bradbury. It's it's fifteen million dollars a year. That's that's what it's going to take to get Bradbury. Uh, it's the GM that drafted him. I, I know it's a it's a running joke among among you guys, Gettleman, but certainly he he would have intel on the type of person Bradbury is, or or how he might fit. Uh, so or he just doesn't or he just doesn't know other players. He just doesn't know. He doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm I, I you know with all due respect, um, the guy the guy seems entertaining. Uh, he may be a nice guy. I don't know whether he is or not. Yeah, I get the sense he's probably like a he's probably like a nice hang, right? Like I would, I would, uh, you know, I would spend an hour, have dinner or a beer with Dave Gettleman. He would entertain I you. He holds, like, he holds the he holds a table well, like <laughs> he, like conversation at a table. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think he would be fun if the three of us went out with him. I think we would have a good time, and we would say, "Man, well, you know, I kind of I like that guy on a personal level." And but we would my- also like we, we would share at least uh, like double digit sideways glances about just like did you hear what he just said and then oh she, yeah, you, yeah and you're not you're not very good sports. about yeah i i, I think she yeah, would have mentioned you got sloan and that would that would really uh <laughs> what would well, you do there yeah <laughs> why would you do that well i don't think bo is very good at kind of holding in how he feels uh, in real time so uh uh, that that may be an issue, but and this this listen, this could be an article idea if if like they move the draft back or something. Bo, you could write uh, "Birds with Friends" goes out to dinner with Dave Gettleman. All right, that would be. The, I guarantee, I wouldn't just give that the blind retweet. I would read that and Is then the re- retweet it. Yeah, sure. Okay, but um, okay, maybe I need to do some more fanfic <laughs> in these in these times. In uh, in in Bradbury's case, I I do get somewhat concerned when your former head coach who now coaches a team that, that needs cornerback help and has, has money to spend uh, does, does not pay for you. You know, that, uh, but we don't know what they're offering. Yeah. They might've, they might've been true. competitive. True. Right. True. True. I, I just, I, I figured he was going to Washington, but um, it's certainly, yeah, I, I, I don't object to that signing. I like Byron Jones better. 
Um, but you know, the Giants needed to improve their cornerback situation, and they improved their cornerback situation. That that fanfic really got to us. Bo and I just like started defending Gettleman vehemently. <laughs> Because like we had this vision of our head of having like a fun time with him, and we just like jumped on you for even criticism. That was weird. Yeah, let's not let that happen again. <laughs> uh, here's a question: Do you think the Eagles would have signed Hassan Ridgeway this morning if they knew they were going to end the day with Javon Hargrave? <laughs> yes, I, I don't think that one really burned their uh, wow. It's too much. No, yeah, I don't know. Who knows what he signed? Who knows? Or yeah. do we know what the deal? Do you know what the terms are? I don't. Maybe Ridgeway wouldn't have signed if he knew they were bringing Hargrave. Mm. Uh, what do you make of what do you make of uh, you know Big Hassan coming back, the Green Mile according to uh, Pro Football Reference? Because <laughs> he, he bears a resemblance to Michael Clark Duncan. That's that word. <laughs> the Green Mile. Oh, wow, that's a good outstanding. Um, yeah, that is good. Yeah, look, I, I I I think it's a fine move. He they spent a seventh. I take it as a personal affront that I didn't realize it was he was called the Green Mile. Yeah, that could so, be a good wolf stand. That's, that's a bad. Yeah. Job, um, you know, they, they needed defensive tackle depth going into the day. Uh, he helps as as kind of a, a deep reserve there. They spent a seventh-round pick on him a year ago. A deep reserve? He played over. He played like 60% of the snaps in four of his seven games. Because they had defensive tackle problems, which is why I said I'm not killing the Hargrave move on the surface, uh, even without knowing the fit, because I've been highly critical of their interior defensive line the past two years. Uh, they haven't had the depth they've, they've needed. I, I think it's a better problem to have more depth than to have no depth at all. Yeah, Maybe. I have no problem with, with him coming back. I mean, assuming they didn't give him, you know, $6 million or something stupid. I can't imagine they gave him $6 million or something stupid. If they did, I'd be highly critical of the move. How about my guy George Fant getting a three-year $30 million deal from the New York Jets? Really? Do you know who George Fant yes, is? Yes, I do. Yeah, he was yeah, the I mean, best player in Western I, Kentucky, I, I, right? Not good enough for the Seahawks offensive line. That's what it tells you, right? Wow, Zach. I didn't even remember what – why do you know that? What is wrong with you? He was the best player in Western Kentucky, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it. you believe correctly. Like, okay, first of all, I wrote about George Fan probably uh, well, 10 I like, times. I, I, don't, I don't think it's crazy to remember if a guy was a college basketball yeah. player. No, I don't they're, think it's that high. Western Kentucky, though? Like, I was trying to remember. What, where did oh, you go well, to school? You, I didn't watch him, but I, I remembered uh, right. doing a story on players who had played basketball and converted over. He was one of them. One okay. of my greatest uh, feats is is predicting that the uh, VCU power forward was going to end up as a uh, football player, and he ended up as a tight end on the Colts. Yeah, wasn't it Jai Lewis, I think his name is, or something? Yeah. No. Uh, Mo Ali Cox? Mo Ali Cox. Oh, that one. Okay. I was thinking of a different one of VCU. Best prediction I ever made. George Mason and how, Kai Lewis. How stunned are you that I just came up with Mo Ali Cox? By the way, uh, our, our end the podcast, end the podcast. Our uh, <laughs> producer, our our producer Marissa Morris has uh, has some good intel. Nebraska had an offensive lineman play uh, the other night in in the Big Ten tournament game because they had too many injuries. Ooh, hmm. nice work out of Marissa. There you go. Appreciate that, Marissa. Thank you. And a belated happy birthday. Absolutely. Uh, Mike Garofolo of NFL Network, Zach's former running mate, uh, says on Byron Jones, the Raiders offered more money per year than the Dolphins, he says. And he is also uh, harping on how front-loaded the Dolphins offer was of $40 million over the first two years. So that's what Zach said. However, he does not. I mean, the hey, Eagles I are not. Byron Jones, we don't know how long we're going to be here. Take your money now. 
that's true. I, I don't uh, think the Eagles yeah. can uh, front load a deal though in in that same vein. I mean, that would, you know, they need to spread money out, right? Uh, no, I, I mean, I don't know if you're paying him. 16 and a half for the next two years. Can they not uh, do that? And then, uh, I mean, I, I don't know the structure, yeah. so I'm just going to be talking nonsense now, but I don't know. Who knows? We'll find out. Yeah. No, you can, because I mean, if you give I mean, a big side the bonus, bonus out, yeah, yeah that's going to spread out over the whole, the whole, the, the five years of the deal. Yeah. So I, I don't, I continue to not understand how that could be an issue. I think we'll have to check with DFOP, Sam Lynch on this. Uh, the knower of all things like this, and to tell us if that's complete garbanzo beans or if there could be something to that. Uh, okay. Uh, other actual Eagles news. Uh, they decide not to tender Corey Clement. Did I get that right? Yeah, good job. Wow. Four, three years in, four years in? Heck yeah. of a job by you. Probably be the last time. Uh, no surprise given that, uh, it, the, the lowest tender they could possibly give is over $2 million and the, uh, you know, hasn't really done anything since the Super Bowl. But, uh, what did you think of that, Zach? I, I wasn't surprised, uh, for the reason you said, all they really did was, was, was give up the chance to match. Uh, this, this does not preclude him from returning. It's, it's just, it would be a less expensive deal if he does. And he has a, a chance to see the market. Uh, but I did not expect them to tender him. I don't think any of us expected them to tender him, and they, they did not. I still think he probably comes back. I can see that. You know, I, I'm not. Sh- I'm not certain he makes the team, but I, I can see him oh, coming yeah, back. Yeah. How about Halapulavati, Zach? I did. I did look good on that one. You were calling Gilles, it. Gilles is such a big time national writer. He can't even be bothered to to spare one sentence for the Corey Clements of the world. No, listen. I I love the Super Bowl performance. I wish the best. Seems like a, a good person to have around. He's had some bad luck. Okay, Big V. What you were? Who says you were right about Big V? Well, no, because I Zach. See, you don't listen when when we're having these conversations on the podcast, so that's not a surprise. But when I came out with my top one hundred, you know, Zach being the team player that he is, supporting his other writers at the Athletic, specifically the ones who he does a podcast with, the ones who write about the Eagles with him. He know he said, uh, Shiel, I think you did a good job ranking Vitae. I think I had him around 50 or so. Mm-hmm. And he said I, he, he was comparing mine to the other rankings. He wanted to make sure I was in a good spot. He said, I saw others that didn't even have him in the top 100. I think mm-hmm. you're going to look good there. And I said, well, you know, I, I hope so. I'm a little nervous about that. I don't know. But uh, five-year, $50 million deal from the Lions. I kind of feel bad for Halapulavati, you know. I, I don't know that that's going to be the most fun <laughs> situation for him, but uh, Michigan suburbs, you can probably get a really nice home, right, with that kind of cash. I think any and, suburbs uh, you can with that kind of cash. <laughs> 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 Except for Michigan, but yeah, that's true. That's uh, and we know that his wife has a lot of respect for herself. So, uh, <laughs> you have to explain the joke. I, I know yeah. our listeners have heard that, but they might well, not remember. Super Bowl media night. Okay, you can tell the joke. Yeah, you know, there's all these silly... I've told this story like millions of times. Okay. No, I think this one's a bit out there. I, th- I agree. You should tell it. Super Bowl media night. Uh, there's all these weird questions. And the uh, reporter from E! News uh, was asking players, do you think your wife would ever be on uh, a real, you know, housewives of whatever show? And he asks it to Halapulavati, who uh, takes a few seconds and responds, no, my wife... She has a lot of respect for herself. 
and that was the end of the that was the end of that that was the whole that was the whole back and forth so that was one of my that was one of my favorite media night moments there you go look i i and, uh i i um i don't know if this contract is 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 gonna work out I don't know if it's if it's money well spent, uh, and I am I'm I'm not like uh, professing to have this like strong relationship. With you, think contingency, you think it was a contingency uh, part of uh, Corey Undlin's deal? He insisted that if he signed, Halapulavati would come with him. <laughs> I, I certainly do not. <laughs> but, but Jamie like, Collins is going to the Lions. Sorry, oh, breaking right. news from uh, from oh, Berms wow. Boya. What, a, what an out of the box idea for Matt <laughs> Patricia to bring in another. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but uh, what I was saying was was that if if you saw Vitae at FedEx Field back in, in 2016, the first yeah. game he, he started when Lane Johnson went down and, like, Ryan Kerrigan just abused him. Um, and, and like, he, he was a punching bag then and uh, took a lot of criticism. Uh, like, you look at it now, he started at left tackle in the Super Bowl. He now has this has this big contract. Like, just from a, a human perspective, like, you – I admire kind of – the career track he went on, but uh, I mean, I would I mean, say good. I would say good luck to the Lions because I I thought he was kind of like a replacement level player. Uh, I think that's a lot of money for a replacement level. Well, player. Replacement level at three different positions. Yeah, but um, hey, good for Halapulavati. So, well, yeah, that's I, what I. I yeah, I, 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 I had your back too, Sheila. I, I, I uh, we were all we were all saying that he was going to get he was going to get paid. Well, he was going to get more can... money than Jason Peters. Someone can check the tape and let me know if that's true. I mean, you might have said that. I don't think it was in the I vein of having my back. But anything. what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I said that okay. you were too low on him, if anything. Okay. Uh, Vitae and George Fan actually, I feel like they're in the same vein for for guys I've covered based on what you you said it well. There, Zach and George Fan in Seattle was similar. I mean, he comes in, he had no idea what he was doing, and he had to uh, fill in very early on in his career took his lumps and now he gets a three-year 30 million dollar deal and I and I liked both those guys uh, their personality like uh, you know you'd, you'd never really know these guys sure. but uh, they seem like the type of guys when you're covering them you wouldn't mind uh, seeing them do well so uh, good good yeah. for both of that I like a Halapulavati. yeah me too um all right running down the list Nick Kwiatkowski goes to uh, the Las Vegas Raiders I'm not so sure how Interested the Eagles actually were, but because that would that that too was not a crazy deal. Oh, I didn't even see the terms. No, I think it was seven million a year. Okay, yeah, that sounds about. What Do you think he's a starting player. linebacker with upside? That I, I kind of like that signing by the Raiders. But it was it was an early one, so you so you wonder if the Eagles were kind of waiting to see how other contracts would play out before they paid a linebacker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, there's still the issue of do you pay an off-ball linebacker that kind of money? But if you are, you know, th- again, this was not like the, I mean, Quan Alexander, C.J. Mosley, these guys last year got much, much, much. I mean, they were much more accomplished, but uh, they got, you know, over double that. So I, I don't think it's a crazy deal if you're looking for a linebacker. Austin Hooper signs a big deal. Zach, you thought that this uh... – was a was a big uh, domino on the potential extension for Zach Ertz? Yes, because I, I think this kind of sets the floor. Um, so Hooper becomes the highest paid tight end in the NFL in, in terms of per year salary. I think it's around eleven million if reports are correct. And uh, and you look at some of the tight ends who are about to get paid: uh, uh, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz. 
Um, and I, I think all three of those deals will exceed it. So I, I know, Bo, you're you're not in the camp of extending Ertz with two years left on his deal at the age of 29. Um, but I, you know, I, I <coughs> excuse me, I think they're going to do that. And, uh, you know, I think this this kind of sets the floor for what that deal would be. I am with Bo on that. And uh, I like Zach Ertz a lot. I, I praise him, uh, you know, all the time for his play on the field. But I just don't see from an organizational perspective what the rush would be to do that deal. I mean, given the number you just you just you just mentioned the Austin Hooper, Hooper number, you know, they share the same agent. Yeah, it's going to that's the floor. That's a lot of money to pay when you don't have to yet. So we'll see. Uh, the big thing that we haven't uh, touched on fully yet is uh, is Amari Cooper hitting the market. Do you think the Eagles uh, still have the uh, firepower to make a run? Well, I think this is a good spin it forward to what's next because now when people listen to this, maybe things will have changed. But you know, we ha- we're doing a podcast every night, so yeah. So just come out with his best remaining free agents. So I did, and Amari Cooper. I I'm surprised that. There's still no deal with him and the Cowboys. I mean, maybe they're just working out the details, but man, given how bad the wide receiver market is, if I'm another team, I I would really try to be uh, as aggressive as I could to call Amari Cooper's agent and see if you could kind of steal him. I agree. I mean, I think so. I, I I think Cooper is like a, a legitimate number one. I thought the Eagles should have traded for him or should have tried to two years ago. I think. Uh, you know, I, I've said they shouldn't pay big at wide receiver this offseason because of the money that they're going to have tied up in terms of cap space with Alshon, whether he's on the roster or not, and 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 Deshaun Jackson. Uh, but I would make an exception for Amari Cooper because I think he would be a difference maker. I just got to think it's a matter of time before Dallas signs him. But the fact that he's available to be signed, um, I, I liked what, what Bo wrote this morning, that that's a player they should sign. There you go. Uh, want me to run down just some other names that are available, and you guys can chime in if you think they're interesting. Sure, I like it. Corey Littleton is still out there. I, I wouldn't think that after the investment you just made in Hargrave that he would be a guy you would target. Although when we did our predictions, I did think that if they lost out on Byron Jones and had that money elsewhere, that maybe they would make a run at him. But what do you? What are your thoughts? I think you're right. It's hard to imagine them uh, paying at the top of the market for a different non-premium position yeah i would think that would make sense if, if they didn't pay hargrave if if they're like all right let's let's move that money over to littleton and then we'll still find a cornerback but if you pay littleton big money i i just don't know who you're going to get to, pay, to play cornerback for you there you go by the way i have a hargrave number for you mm-hmm. in the Capadia pass rusher index this is of course uh, you add up sacks and quarterback hits and you divide by Pass rushing opportunities, you come up with the percentage to see how often the player hit the quarterback. He was at 3.1% last year, which ranked 132nd out of 173 players who had at least, I want to say, 200 pass rushing snaps. I was just making fun of Michael Brockers, and Michael Brockers is one spot ahead of Hargrave. <laughs> on this so listen listen i see the upside you know i could you guys could be people could be it's a projection because he he, he's it's a projection to be playing a position that he did not play exactly which but which by the way one of my rules for free agency not that i'm the be all end all 
but it's like uh, be cautious with those projections, yeah. thinking your coaching staff is going to draw something out of a player that his previous one did not. Yeah, but so. you you wrote that not knowing um, about Matt Burke as a defensive line coach, having never coached a position before. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I, I have a feeling Hargrave's going to be really good, and I'm just going to be getting crushed for this podcast. This is going to be the new like Dallas Goddard. Although, I mean, I was very right about Dallas Goddard, so maybe that's so, a bad example. If, All if, right. if you go back to draft day, <laughs> Daniel Jeremiah's pick analysis for him says, uh, oh. yeah, so – I like this. He has an enormous, powerful base, and he easily holds the point of attack. He has an explosive get-off as a pass rusher, and he knows how to finish. He will he will get gassed if left on the field too long. Overall, Hargrave is one of the most disruptive interior defenders in the draft. Mm-hmm. There you go. You just don't want him to get well, gassed. You don't want him to get gassed. Well, they have a lot of people in the building who know Daniel Jeremiah, so maybe uh, you know he was telling him, go get this guy. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Robbie Anderson. I know I don't think any of us were on board with that, but he didn't get blown out of the water with a deal so far here on the first day of negotiations that has been reported. Do you, is, is there a number where you would have legitimate interest in Robbie Anderson? Eight million a year. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I really have no interest in Robbie Anderson, uh, presuming what he's going to get paid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Unless the draft class is depressing the wide receiver market. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, do you have any interest in? No. I have a little bit of interest in Emmanuel Sanders. Okay. The short term, like if you're cutting Alshon and uh, that allows you to, uh, you know, you don't, you don't have, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is old. He's 33, right? But you could then, you know, you could take a wide receiver in the second round instead of the first round, potentially, if, if you have Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, they need competent, they need competency at receiver and he's, he can play on the outside. Yeah, I, I like Emmanuel Sanders as a player. I mean, if you're trying to get younger, it's you know at the number you're gonna have to pay him. I probably would stay away, but uh, we we will see. Cornerback obviously is the biggest need right now. Chris Harris Jr., Trey Waynes. Uh, Trey Waynes more than Chris Harris Jr. For sure, for sure. He's he's okay. he's a, a young player on the outside with starting experience and who who's been a starting caliber, a solid starter. And you think maybe he can take the next step. The Vikings okay. lacking uh, Xavier Rhodes makes me think that they they want to re-sign Trey Wayne's. Don't you guys think? I would agree, unless they love Casey Alexander and they want to pay him. I mean, they also have Mike Hughes, their first round pick from uh, two That's years right. ago. Yeah, not your Hughes, not our Hughes, but Mike Hughes. <laughs> Joe Joe Schobert, the linebacker from the Browns. Don't think still so. out there. I don't think so. No. All the, uh, all the linebackers seem to be you know, well, obviously, except for Quiet. Yeah, Kowski. I'm probably butchering the name. But all, yeah, all those linebackers are, you know, a, a lot of those off-ball guys are still out there. All right, I've got a good one. Mm-hmm. Just got, uh, I don't know if he's been released or expected to be released at this point. Desmond Trufant, cornerback from the Atlanta Falcons. I'll offer my take here. That is an interesting name to me. I don't think it's a long-term fix, but I don't hate it, obviously. But I don't hate it as a... Short-term fix. He obviously played with Mark and Manuel uh, for Mark and Manuel in Atlanta. Uh, again, he's going to be 30 at the start of the season, older than you would like. But if you're looking at uh, a year, maybe two, uh, from the all counts in Atlanta, he played well when he played last year. He missed seven games with a shoulder injury. He had four interceptions in nine starts. Uh, that, to me, at a reasonable price, would not be the worst move. 
Yeah. Don't sign a player just because he played well against your team, a wise man once told me. And uh, Desmond Trufant's two interceptions against Carson Wentz uh, would, would make me think that the Eagles might be overrating that. I mean, I think his I mean, the guy's been in the on. league for like how many years? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they'd be starting it based on how he played against the Eagles. But yeah, yeah. I had I had no idea what you were gonna say. I mean, it could have been Desmond Trufant had like uh, two interceptions against Doug Peterson, and that's why. Like, I I don't know. This guy's been around for a while, so I don't have a memory of all the games he's played. That's fine as a band aid. <laughs> yeah, I think if if you're signing Trufant, you're you're kind of believing that that maybe Sidney Jones still has something in him as as a or or Avante Maddox on the outside or you're going to draft the guy pretty early it's it's just it's it's not a solution beyond perhaps this season i think if you're signing okay. Desmond Trufant you're thinking the team the organization that traded a second round pick for Hayden Hurst must not have any idea what they're doing and so we should sign people they released well, that might not be a bad move. Okay, uh, Kendall Fuller, defensive back from the Chiefs. You both like, I believe. Yeah, I, I, I really like him. As a player as much as Zach does, but I do believe that he is firmly on the Eagles' radar. Yes, okay. he's he's a player who who I would. I mean, if 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 they were to sign him, I I would be one saying that's a really good move um, because I th- I thought he was a highly productive player as a rookie in Washington, um, and uh, he's he's versatile. He's young, and I think his best football is ahead of him. Okay. Uh, Blake Martinez, linebacker of the Packers, we don't like, right? Uh, Logan Ryan, cornerback from the Titans, still out there. If that, that would be another Band-Aid type option with some versatility. Yeah, a little, little old no. for uh, my type, but Band-Aid depending on the price. He, he's, he's like an old 29, though. He's, he's not yet 30. You know, He's been around for a while, but he's not yet 30. Yeah. yeah. And he's not an outside corner, so he would be a hybrid type. So what's going on with Malcolm Malcolm Jenkins? Is he is he st- sticking around? And it's weird that we haven't heard anything about Jalen Mills anywhere. Yeah. Well, not really. Jalen Mills? What, you thought people were going to rush out and sign him no, to $17 million the first day? Eagles-wise. Oh, well. I don't know. You haven't heard anything about... Uh, well, so they have... I mean, all those guys. We've Jenkins, Mills, Darby, McLeod, the yeah. whole secondary. Yeah, so I, I I don't know what's going on with McLeod right now. I've, I've tried to do some work on that, but um, I'm curious to see. He he did post uh, on Instagram from, from the Eagles weight room today. Um, so whether it was old video or, or not, but it was it was like it was once, like, once the legal tampering period was he was in the Eagles weight room training and um, and like like this is this is verifiable. You can see this in. In Dave Spadaro's um, story, like previewing kind of uh, how things are going to shake out with the coronavirus and, and how the organization is adjusting to it, he quoted Ronnie McLeod, which 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 I, I found to be fairly interesting, and it's it's probably because he was in the building. Um, so oh. I, you know, just just a little background there. I, I found both those 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 tidbits interesting. I didn't he hear is, who was who took the video from the weight room. Roddy McLeod. Yeah, well, he was. Yeah, he was in the Eagles' weight room. Uh, in the video he he posted, I don't know if it was old video, but it was Although, like yeah, yeah. probably the only place he can safely go to a weight room right now. <laughs> well, I was going to say, is the facility not shut down? I mean, what's the no? So actually, so yeah, so the league sent out a memo tonight 
um, and I have it in my email here, uh, where they have these. So there's the off season program has has been postponed. Um, access to club facilities, uh, players are are not allowed to go to the club facilities uh, for the next two weeks unless they are undergoing medical treatment, like un- unless they're a, a guy rehabbing, I, I guess, and, and need to get the treatment. But you can't go and work out at the, at the facility for the next two weeks, any player. Oh, so there you go. All right, I'm just going to run through these. I'm going to say the player and the name. You don't have to say anything. Take note at the end if you want to comment on any of them, you can. But I feel like we've talked about all these guys, so we don't need to extend it longer than we need to. Uh, Brashad Perriman, wide receiver from the Bucks, who I, I like, has still not been linked linked to anybody. Von Bell, the safety from the Saints, who Bo likes, has not gone anywhere. Uh, Prince Amukamara, cornerback from the Bears, that would be another Band-Aid option. He's 31 years old. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, as we mentioned, Vikings released him. He's 30, did not play well at all last year. That probably would not be a great move. A couple of younger cornerbacks, Eli Apple. From the Saints, Mackenzie Alexander from the Vikings. They are still out there. Let's see who else we got here. Dum de dum the Brashad Breland, cornerback from the Chiefs, still available. I have to rule out all these defensive tackles since they already got their uh defensive tackle here. Rodney Rodney McLeod, we mentioned. Ronald Darby, your boy is still out there. Uh Tremaine Johnson, I don't think you want anything to do with him. The, the corner for the Jets release, Jimmy Smith, he's 32, cornerback from the Ravens. Devontae Campbell, the guy I predicted the Eagles would sign from the Falcons, he is still available out there. Haha, ha, Clinton Dix. I can't believe you're trying to steal safe. Devontae Campbell from Zach. The two of you guys, <laughs> your shared love for Devontae Campbell. And, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I'll do a wee on, I'll do a wee uh, on that bad boy. I'm yeah. happy to be on Shield's side. Yeah, okay. Haha, ha, Clinton Dick, safety from the Bears. Demarius Randall, safety from the Browns. These guys are still out there. Carl Joseph, safety from the Raiders. He's still out there. No, no buzz on Jason Peters yet today. Yeah. So we'll see if did he did. you mention Von Bell? He did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Bo's yeah, guy. Yeah. Yes. yeah, that's Bo's guy, no doubt. Uh, Kevin Johnson from the Bills, who I feel like we're just gazzing up more than any other podcast. <laughs> In America, for a versatile uh, defensive back who played with the Bills last year. P.J. Williams from the Saints. He kind of is in a similar mold of a nickel who can play some different roles for you. He was you. in Quackatology. Uh, he was. There you <laughs> go. Uh, let's see. He's, he made these... way into the back end of Shields' updated top 100 this morning. Yeah, oh, man, I was struggling to fill that bad boy out today. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, wide receiver from Your the Chiefs. Favorite. I think we don't. We don't like Jalen Mills, you mentioned, still out there. Daryl Worley had the little incident, otherwise could be interesting. Uh, Trey, Trey Boston, the safety, he switches teams every year. <laughs> Tim Jernigan is still out there. Uh, yeah, I, I can't so, see them adding another yeah. defensive tackle. So, uh, listen, at this rate, maybe they'll just field a team of tight ends and defensive tackles. In the first two days of free agency, and they're all defensive tackles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do you think it's like positionless football, but you only have tight ends yes. and defensive tackles? Yeah, the opposite. Yeah, of, uh, What's that? Okay. Win the line of scrimmage. Yeah, true. So they, yeah. Uh, the, the grand experiment. In that list, or on on that list, I should say, I, I like Campbell. Uh, we've documented that. We don't need to go into that. And uh, I like I like Perriman as well. I, I think Perriman would would give them what they need. And uh, the, the the question then is, at, at what price though? There you go. All right. See you guys. (laughs) Bismarck, I've seen at the uh, TSA uh, pre-check twice following an Eagles game.
All right. I guess that's true. <laughs> Including the Rochester Airport, yes. Rochester Airport and the Charlotte Airport. Uh, okay. That's all. That's all we got. You guys got anything else to say? I think I think we'll we'll be back in less than twenty four hours. So yeah, we'll be we back can tomorrow, say it, but... maybe in the afternoon, maybe in the evening again. Uh, but uh, for Zach and Sheil and uh, our producer Melissa, Marissa, sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh! Come on, <laughs> job. And uh, and for Zencaster, our throwback, our throwback this is a throwback pod. Zach has no idea, but this is how we use. This is for the first year of the podcast. This is how uh, how Sheil and I did it. So I wouldn't say it's you know it's it's a nice throwback. Okay. Uh, that'll do it. Javon Hargrave, get excited, people. There's uh, Don't take to the streets, but uh, party in your house. So uh, for Zach and Sheil, I'm Bo. And as always, we love you. with friends. Birds with friends. <laughs>